Good afternoon. Welcome to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. Market-wise today... Yeah, it's a little bit mixed trade. Obviously, on the corn side, a lot more green than red, but the beans definitely took a big drop. The wheat took a drop as well. You flip the page to the livestock side, it was all on the red except for the August feeder cattle, which finished to the positive. Makes for some interesting wonderings about what is actually going on in this market and what are we seeing as we move forward. A lot of outside market influences, including weather, uh, crop progress numbers that have came in again. With some disappointments, but we're no surprise on the wheat side of it all. We're going to find out more of what's happening today as we're being joined by Darren Fessler. Darren, of course, with Lakefront Futures. So let's just talk about a lot of things that could go wrong. It's kind of an open statement there that you gave me before we started this program. Yeah, I, I mean, I think that you you look at the calendar first off, and you know, April twenty fifth. I mean, we're still we've got a lot of seeds still in the bag, still in the cubits, and it's you know, so we don't know really how the weather, how this crop is going to shape up. In a couple of weeks, we're going to maybe or maybe not get the grain extension in, in the Black Sea region. Does Russia uh, want to go along with that? There's some rumblings that you know maybe Russia wants to renegotiate. Does that prolong it? Um, you you look at how short the funds are right now. In, in the Euronext or the Paris wheat market, um, which is obviously a major competitor for us, and the funds are record short there. So uh, you look at how much this market has sold off, not just on the corn, but wheat, beans. Um, we are very near-term oversold. And so with that being said, it's not saying that we can't see lower lows in, in, in later dates or if this is a low or not, but there's a lot of uncertainty yet the, in, with, 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 with what potentially could happen. And then we also look at the calendar and we say hey you know the may options or the may uh, futures first notice day is this week i think funds are having their way i put on twitter this uh, this afternoon or this morning i said you know the funds are like the sharks that smell the blood i think they're going for the kill and i think that they're getting a little bit excessive here so i think that uh, a knee-jerk reaction lower here and the same thing could happen to the upside we are off a lot in both of these markets uh, corn beans and wheat uh, a lot in the last four to five days and so we got to respect that move lower here uh and, and maybe take some chips off the table if you have been leaning a little bit bearish so how much of this is- is, is related to the fact that uh, look at the Dakotas, they got more snow, got rain, Minnesota as well. And you mentioned, you know, there's a lot of seed that's still sitting there, nowhere near any sort of dirt. Yeah, no, that you, you make a very good point. And, and, and speaking with the clients in the Dakotas and Minnesota, I mean, it, is it panic mode yet? No, we're not to that mode yet. But you start looking out the recent rains, the recent snows, I mean, it it's a whole different geography, whole different climate up there where you push things off 10 days. It's a big difference when it comes to those early frost potentials. So uh, it's not panic mode, but we are watching these Dakotas very closely. Now, granted, there has been a little bit of flooding that it seems like it's maybe decreasing, but it's not panic mode yet. The, the water and the moisture soaking into some of that ground. So if the conditions can improve a little bit, the, the early signs of, of what potentially could happen, in, in especially North Dakota, are still pretty good. Um, you know, North Dakota, if you remember last year, they got planted the middle and late uh, late parts of May last year, and some of these guys had record yields. So is this year going to be the, a, 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 a second coming or a duplicate of what had happened? Time will only tell. If In, in parts of Nebraska, 
Alaska and the western Corn Belt in general were still very, very dry. East of Lincoln got some beautiful rains, but majority of West Nebraska, the whole majority of the whole state, still very, very dry. And so we still got to keep that in the back burner of our minds. And I think there's a lot of cool temperatures that are, you know, we'd like to see some moderation there. Uh, but again, it's these factors that could have an influence on that yield as well. And I know you're going to start hearing these 180, 185, and, and all of that's very possible. But you got to have a lot of things go right to get to those type of yields. So I'm not necessarily starting there, but I do think that nearby here, these markets are overdone here. And we, we just have to simply respect it because once we, once we turn the calendar to May, the seasonal start to uptake a little bit more bullish. This week in general for corn beans, we, it's not all that bullish anyway. So to see what we're seeing so far is not surprising to me. And to really uh, not see that worryness yet because Chicago hasn't really paid much attention and you haven't seen a lot of chat. Mostly that chatter is just coming from folks that are in those affected areas. Yeah, you're 100% right. And so when I look at, let's say, the let's take the Kansas City wheat market, the winter wheat market, uh, conditions continue to decline, very poor to poor conditions continue to uptick. Well, why isn't this market participate? I, I think it's simply when you have a breakdown in the technical structure that we've had, it's, it's not that the funds don't know these conditions. The funds are very, very smart traders. They know these conditions. And when you get momentum back in a trade, that is simply what I'm talking about when the sharks smell the blood. It's just momentum. And it, it's just the momentum and it's the money flow that just gets things a little bit hairy than, than, than probably what it should be. And I think that's the kind of the, kind of where the point of this market is. We are pushing things a little bit too quickly, a little bit too early in the year. And and the thing is that with that, the, the market, especially December, December 23 corn, it is very correlated right now with how December 13 went. So we just got to respect that. I'm still, if you look at some of the indexes, uh, like the Bloomberg Commodity Index, the Goldman Sachs money, the indexes of uh, how do commodities feel, they continue to be bearish. They've been bearish for uh, since Q3 of last year. So that heavy feel towards commodities in general, it's going to be there. So I'm still very much in a camp without weather rallies are probably selling opportunities at this moment well and there's a lot of you know you talked a little bit about what was going on with with the russian corridor that's going to weigh in on this wheat so is the the way this crop continues to develop to the south and the lack of planting of the spring wheat to the north so a lot of factors dipping into this pot Oh yeah, I, I I completely agree, and and so we we got to really really watch the next couple of weeks what Russia wants to do here, uh, extend or not extend that grain deal. All right, well stick around, folks. We've got a lot more coming up as we get ready for the second half on this Tuesday of the Fontenelle Final Bell. We come back. We'll also take a look what's going on more with this weather. We'll go to the livestock side as well. More's coming up. The Fontenelle Final Bell. Hey, Tom, I see a Fontenelle sign there on your North 80. That corn looks pretty good. Well, yeah, my neighbors had good luck with Fontenelle, so I decided to give it a try. They've been around for quite a while? Well, sure have. In the last three seasons, Fontenelle's 15 top-yielding corn products had over a nine-bushel advantage over Pioneer's commercially available leading volume corn products. Wow, that's impressive. I'm thinking I might add some Fontenelle to my farm. Well, just contact your local dealer or go to Fontenelle.com if you want more information. Read and follow pesticide label directions, grain marketing, and other stewardship practices. Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. We're continuing our conversation this afternoon with Darren Fessler with Lakefront Futures. We talked a lot about the the weather and the lack of crops in so many different areas. Now, kind of flip the the page on this one. 
And we continue to see the pressure coming out of South America. And Darren, this is something we're used to every single year. But for some reason, this year has got some heightened uh, sense to it as they talk about uh, crops being shipped into the United States to fill demand and just the global pressure that South America is putting on us. It is. And I've hit it on this for, you know, probably five to ten years now that Brazil is going to be a major threat for many, many, many years to come for the U.S. markets. And, and the problem that we see right now with Brazil, and I'm talking beans relative to U.S. beans, is one, yes, we have a tight, tight, a tight stocks use ratio in the U.S. There's no question about that. But the Brazilians have come off a really big crop. We see the basis levels literally collapsing in Brazil, making their beans much, much more competitive. Competitive enough where we're going to start importing, I think, this week and and the next week as well, about 80,000 metric tons into the eastern coast of the U.S. So it's to me, when you look at the Chinese crush margins and the biggest buyer here that we have, they are continuing to favor Brazilian origin, and it's not even close. It's not that I want to talk about bearishness, but we gotta, we have to really kind of face the reality when we're when we're looking at these markets and saying we we just can't ignore Brazil and we can't just you know kick the dead horse either. But they're continuing to be a thorn in our side of our markets as well. And that's you know I've always been a big believer in this renewable biodiesel where we have to have this uh you know for our bean market in itself but the, the chinese demand is not all that great here and when you see these type of divergences between brazilian origin and u.s you have to start wondering which we've seen it already this week about the cancellation potential now whether china comes out here and says we're going to buy all these this corn we're going to buy all this beans that's all great i hope it comes to fruition but I've always been in the camp. I'd like to see it on the ships and off our ports before I'm really calculating that as an actual true sale because the, the situation arises where, you know, they come in and cancel. So that's kind of where we're at here. That's where the bearish tone more on beans, I think, comes into play. And and if you push off the planting, especially in the Dakotas a little bit, that's probably going to favor a little bit more PP, a little less corn, less more bullish corn, and probably more beans. So that's where the bullish dynamic comes uh, in, in the corn. But you get these rallies in these beans, you know, you get that 1340, you get that 1380 if you ever get there. That's the levels where guys need to be pretty pretty aggressive, I think. Uh, with especially if we don't have weather, I think those are good good levels to reward this market. The spreads are starting to come in as well, so that's another kind of the canary in the coal mine scenario as well, where the spreads are starting to weaken. It could could be could be the the weakness in the flats or the flat outright prices are going to follow, and then so far that's been the case. So should we be worried or concerned about crude oil right now? You know, we still have that gap lower in the charts on the June contract, so the SPR is still very, very low. I think you one thing to watch is the is the indexes and how commodities the whole look. And one thing I want to make note of too, the the, the move lower in crude oil, we had that gap higher. I think it's just a corrective phase here because I think any big pullbacks in crude are going to be met as buying opportunities, more like a stock than anything because of how low this SPR is. But another thing to keep in mind here, we got to watch these moves in sugar. Sugar alone, it's not something we trade a lot here in the U.S., but it is traded on the ice exchange in Atlanta. Sugar is up 20-some percent so far this month. Now, that could be really, really bullish ethanol, which obviously ethanol, we need the corn for it. So in general, 
I think you watch crude. If crude can start to stabilize here a little bit and move its way higher back towards that upper 80s, it's all going to be conducive for higher corn as well. So that's just nearby thinking here. Without weather, though, without weather, weather, you get a move towards this 580, maybe to $6. Boy, that's a market that I would reward every day right now. We're seeing, we're still seeing some good basis levels in Iowa, but that's just because the bin doors are welded shut. I don't think nobody's willing to sell this stuff. I think you get up towards the $687 cash. That's where a lot of this, these bushels are going to be moved. But until then, I think it's, I think the, the farmer has the upper hand here when it comes to the physical side. So is it the outside markets that are putting pressure on the livestock? You know, I, I do. You, you come off a cattle on feed report on Friday that kind of had a little bit of bearish undertone to it in general. And maybe what, maybe that was the first red flag here for cattle, but the fundamentals are still friendly here. The, the cash market is still friendly here. My question has been, and it has been for a while, if we're going to be paying these type of cash on cash prices on feeder, then fats need to participate as well here. We just can't do it on basis. I think the board has to come up here, but we are, uh, you know, reaching a period, I think, in the U.S economy where it's not as friendly so again i'm friendly cattle i'm not friendly to the u.s economy at the moment all right best way for folks to get a hold of you they can reach me directly at 312-858-3668 and that is today's fontanelle final bell as we always remind you commodity futures and options do involve a substantial risk of loss not suitable to all investors and that is today's fontanelle final bell it is brought to you by fontanelle hybrids and all your local dealers right here on the rural radio network